Catherine said, if anyone's nervous to be welcomed in, they'll definitely be nervous to be welcomed in after I do it. Okay, but it's, I mean, it's fun, guys. You know, when we join a family, it's all cool, right? I mean, you get there, sometimes families are weird. I'm the weird guy in the family. I'm that crazy cousin, but it's okay. Every family needs one. Steve, can you come over up here? Steve and Terry Barr, uh, good friends of ours, part of the NCMI Translocal team. Today's a big Sunday. We are doing an ordination today. And so we've invited our apostolic team, our translocal team, to come in. And Steve and Terry have been that team for us here in Texas. They're close to us. We love them. I'm not going to say much more about you because our church knows you quite well. But we're just so grateful that you guys would come and invest in us the way you do. Thanks, Thank buddy. You. Appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Every time I come, there's more people here. So uh, if, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Steve, and uh, my wife Terry sends her uh, deepest apologies that she's not here today. Uh, we, since the USA Equip in Chicago in June, uh, we've been ministering, uh, Australia, Tasmania, we are in North Carolina uh, last week, and, and uh, doing quite a lot of stuff, and we've only been home about three weeks since that time. And so uh, this is the last trip in this string, and this Tuesday we're going on vacation, Woo! suffering for Jesus, I think. So we're flying to Rome and then going on a Greek island cruise uh, with our very good friends, her sister and brother-in-law, and uh, it's going to be, be fun, uh, relaxing, resting. So anyway, and her mother is 93 and has fallen three times this summer, broken hip bones and shoulder bones and not doing well. So Terry's right in the middle of that. So she's sorry she's not here. Please pray for us and our schedule and for her if you remember. Uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara, California. Never knew my dad. Uh, my, I had two older sisters. When I was five, my mother passed away and then we went into the foster care system and went around from a, a home to home, quite a few. Some okay, some not okay, and landed with a family. They had five kids of their own, and he was a pastor of a little church in Santa Barbara. And uh, not long after that, I heard about Jesus. And as an eight-year-old, as much as an eight-year-old could understand, I came down the center aisle of that little Baptist church in, in uh, Santa Barbara, gave my heart to Christ. I've never, ever, ever regretted it. Uh, he has always, always, always been faithful. I've not always been faithful. I wish I could say that I was as faithful as Jesus was, but um, I'm so thankful. And as, as my life progressed, well, we're going on this cruise because I turned 70 a couple weeks ago. Woo! And so... Uh, a lot of people are going, oh, you, you know, you poor thing. Can we get you a chair or something like this? So uh, anyway, so the, most of my story has been written, and I have the, the privilege of looking back and seeing the faithfulness of God wow. through the tough times, through the difficult times. And uh, I had a little second sermon I wanted to preach ahead of time, but I'll just have to... Uh, go extemporaneously right now. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, and I never understood that uh, as a kid. I remember thinking, that's not even a real sentence. Uh, people don't talk that way. And so, but the older I get, I know Paul said, uh, for me to live is Jesus. Amen. And the cost to die is gain. So in, in reality, dying is the easy part living for him every single day. 
And at the end of that, it's Philippians chapter one. It's about halfway down what I just said. If you read the last verse, he said, and, and I invite you to, Paul says this to us. I invite you to join with me in suffering for Jesus. What? I thought all my problems were gonna be solved coming to Jesus. Why do I have these issues and struggles and things like this? Uh, but we walk along with Jesus. He said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. We live in such a busy culture, and people are weary, not so much sometimes in our body, but we know the rules, you know, to eat right and exercise and all this stuff. And, and, and usually if we love Jesus, our spirit is in good condition. It's our soul. That's the, that's the battleground where there's the soul between the flesh and the spirit. And, and that's where we get weary. And Jesus said, come to me. And, and he said that, take my yoke. Like nobody wants a yoke. Who wants to be yoked to something else? That's, that's restriction and I don't have any freedom. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, it's a yoke. And yes, it's a burden, but it's easy and it's light. So if the yoke and the burden you have right now as a believer is not easy and it's not light, Jesus didn't give it to you. You, you gave it to you. Wow. So because when you're yoked to him and following him, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But living for Jesus every day, uh, Paul gives his list of suffering. He, we talked about him being stoned to death. Most theologians think that he was dead and then came back, he was, he was whipped. He goes, uh, five times, I, I received lashes because he's serving Jesus. So Jesus did it once. He got his back ripped open from a, from a whipping once. And Paul did it five times. I'm telling you, if I did it once, I wouldn't go back to another town and do it again and again and again and again because he was serving Jesus. He knew that there was a cost. He knew that to die would be gain. You know, I'll get to be with Jesus for eternity. But right now we're living for Jesus. And the more you want to count for Jesus, the more it's going to cost you because the devil opposes every single thing you do uh, when you're advancing the kingdom of God. So this church is, is really helping uh, Harvest Point Church in Johnson City right now. That's amazing coming on site. This church is going to get attacked because the devil doesn't want ground taken. Yeah, and so just be ready. Don't be surprised by it, uh, Peter says. So. Dying's the easy part. Living for him, faithfully enduring with joy is the difficult part. But we can do it because we're yoked to him. Amen? All right. That was free. That's not even, there's no, well, everything's free. So our salvation is free for us, but it cost Jesus a lot. So, um, Today, we're here, uh, and, and we're, I'm just going to walk us through an ordination process. Uh, it'll be a little bit teachy and a little bit uh, challenging, maybe. Uh, if you're a part of, of uh, Hope Rock Church here, you've gone through the DNA course, you've stood up like uh, Ryan did. I almost called him uh, Tom Selleck when I walked in, so uh, Tyler. I almost called him Tom, Tom Selleck when I walked in. Because of that, and I, or I was going to say, are you a fireman? But it's because, you know, they're all doing that mustache thing right now. But anyway, 
Uh, that made me lose my train of thought. My wife always says, don't go off track. You know, stick to your notes. So uh, anyway, so I'm going to walk us through that uh, this morning. And I'm going to challenge you, if you're part of Hope Rock, uh, with what the Bible says is your responsibilities. Did you know you have some? If, you, if you're partnering with or joined to a, a local a church. So uh, Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. So we are partners in the gospel, not just observers of the gospel or spectators in the, in the, in the stadium stands, but we're down on the field and we're playing the game together. We are partners in this from the first day until now. And then this is probably one of his most famous verses. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus began this good work in us. He is working it in us, bring it to completion. And how long will that last? Him working us until the day of Jesus, the day you meet Jesus face to face, whether he comes back or you go into eternity yourself. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you're all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with affection uh, of Christ Jesus. So that you could tell his heart coming through. This is partnership. He is joined to them. He planted this church. And, and uh, he stayed there and, and, and saw it through, uh, uh, moving into maturity. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. If you continue down in that chapter, that's where Paul says, I'm suffering for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. And in the very last verse in chapter one, he says, I invite you to join with me in this ministry of suffering. So... I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, eldership and this church's relationship to an Ephesians 4 ministry team. You may have heard uh, the, the um, acronym NCMI. It's, it's like one word, NCMI. And uh, you go, what is that? That sounds kind of weird. Uh, it's New Covenant Ministries International, and it's just a name. We never had a name in the beginning, but we kind of did just because giving uh, to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, it helps you get into another country if you're part of a group of churches. We're not really a group of churches, but that's the lingo that we use to, to talk to the authorities. And so Hope Rock uh, partners with this team of NCMI, New Covenant Ministries International. So uh, New Covenant Ministries International is not the only Ephesians 4 ministry team in, in the world. There are thousands of teams like this around the world. We're not it. Hope Rock Church is not it. Amen. You are not it. We are, as believers, part of it. Paul says in Romans 12, talking about the body, we're not the head Jesus is the head. We're all parts of the body, some, some visible, some not so visible. Um, but, and then he says, each of you is part of it. So we, we're not at the beginning of the line. We're not at the end of the line. 
uh, we all grab somebody's hand behind us and grab somebody's hand ahead of us, and together we're moving forward, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So there is no such thing as an NCMI church. We use that language often, but it's a little bit incorrect because NCMI is a team, simply a team. There are churches who partner with a team. Now, right now, there's well over 500 couples on this team around the world. We're working into 130 or 40 nations right now and living in over 120 nations. So I don't even know everybody on the NCMI team, but we have a common set of values and, and standards and, and, and believe the way we do this. And then local churches around the world, they might know one or two or three or 10 of the people that are on the team, and they'll invite them into their local church to minister and so forth. It's not a denomination. It's not an association of uh, uh, churches. There is no authority from NCMI over Hope Rock Church. There's no authority. We believe the highest human authority in the local church is your team of elders. Because we see that in the New Testament. You only see that in the New Testament. Every single local church in the New Testament is led by a team of elders. So there's no higher human authority. Of course, Jesus is the head of the church. Um, so New Covenant Ministries International is a translocal uh, ministry team. That translocal means like transportation apart from the greater picture. It's a ministry team uh, with an apostolic heart. Apostolic, the word means to go or sent ones. We have a heart to go. Jesus commanded you, if you're a believer, to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, all all ethnos, all people groups, and, and so forth. That's part of the Great Commission. Uh, it's a translocal ministry team with an apostolic heart, which is comprised of men and women who, through partnership, helps pastors and eldership teams build their local churches in doing the work of Jesus' kingdom uh, in their areas. So our work, the New Covenant Ministries team, uh, and I'm just speaking on behalf of them, is, is equipping and mobilizing believers for the fulfillment of the work of the kingdom and discipling of the nations and our mission. Our work is to advance the kingdom and our work is to advance the kingdom and our mission is to know Jesus ourselves and to make him known. So it's not all that difficult. So uh, once again, we're not perfect. We haven't arrived. We're not it but we're growing and we're looking to the one who is perfect. Amen. The one who is the one worth following. So here's what I see when I, I just handed over my church a couple years ago uh, after being in ministry for 40 years full time. But um, when I look at the New Testament, when we see teams being sent and going into local churches, here's, here's my take. If I was uh, commentating on it today, uh, I see these two guys get together and go to a town and minister. And then they do it in this town and this town and this town and this town. I see the organic, like it's kind of like more like an amoeba than a flow chart, a hierarchical flow chart. And you get advanced until pretty soon you're the head honcho. Uh, I see the undefinable. I see the spontaneous. 
I don't see organizational charts or protocol, but I do see people laying down their lives, uh, uh, laying down their own agendas, uh, coming together, working together. You did. When you, when you became part of uh, uh, Hope Rock Church, you laid down your preferences. Not all of you would come to church at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Some of you would prefer four in the afternoon. Some of you would prefer a Saturday evening. Some of you would prefer six o'clock on Sunday morning so you have the rest of the day to do other stuff. We lay down our personal agendas when we come together. That's the first thing husband and wife do when they're married is they have to lay down some of their preferences that aren't worth dying for and become one. So, uh, Paul had no authority over the churches that he planted after he left them. When he wrote to the church in Corinth, if you know anything about uh, the, the first letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, he gives it to them with both barrels because they are out of control. They are immature. They're allowing sin, major sin, to stay, to stay in, in, in the middle of, of, of their church and not dealing with it. And, and uh, he, he gives it to them. But he didn't say, all right, if you don't do what I said, we're going to take away your building. Or we're pulling that pastor out and we're putting another one in. He didn't say, we're going to remove your charter or, you know, take away your assets or whatever. Here's what Paul said to them to get them to listen. Here's what he said. I appeal to you. That's all he had. He goes, you know that I love you. You know that I worked among you. You know me. I'm appealing to you to listen to the word of God. Amen. And you know what? They did. But it wasn't imposed authority. Uh, as uh, he, was, he, he and Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, they were an apostolic team, uh, and t- two different teams at two different times there. Uh, and, and they didn't have any authority except what the eldership invited them. So I'm here today, actually, at the invitation of the elders of Hope Rock to come and address the congregation. It's a big deal to have somebody speak to your people that you're, guard, you're charged with, with uh, shepherding and guarding and protecting, things like that. So when I was a pastor, I partnered with NCMI, and I was on the NCMI team. So as a local pastor, though, I took my, my translocal ministry hat off and put my local pastor hat on and so forth. So uh, I saw the pattern in Scripture. I personally needed to be part of that team. I wanted it. I, want, I wanted my people uh, to want me to have it. Was it easy? Not necessarily. Uh, there's distance. There's time. There's expense. Uh, there's overstretched schedules. Uh, that all play into it. And so I stayed committed to, and I am continuing to stay committed to this team because I believe that God has joined me to this team at large, and I want my, wanted my church to be uh, partnering with this church. I, I just needed, and my church just needed, outside input from seasoned men and women of God, uh, anointed by God um, for accountability, for input, for teaching, for peer fellowship, for relationship, um, in impartation of more gifts than our local elders have. Because remember, I said we don't have it all, but God has this way. So NCMI is just a group of guys who have or are called to lead a local church and to help other guys do the same. Then to connect and partner with other translocal guys to do the same. So that was my scientific definition of 
MCMI. That's tongue in cheek. So I have, I have bad jokes. I'm sorry if you're just learning me. I'm a proponent of bad dad jokes. My kids and grandkids go, uh. So anyway, so Charlie does have none of those jokes. He does none of those. So what did Snail say when he was riding on the back of the turtle? Wee! Like this. Come on. That's a good one. All right, so. So why have a translocal team? Because it's a good idea. It's practical. It's biblical. And here's something we see in, in the New Testament. Never once, never once, not once, do we ever see elders setting themselves in as elders. Never once do we see elders being voted in by the congregation as elders. Not once. So if the family is a microcosm of the church, mom and dad aren't voted in. They're ordained by God, and he gave those kids to them as stewards of what's something that doesn't belong to the parents, it belongs to God, and God says, I'm giving them to you to raise them and train them up in the ways of God and to make it easy for them to point their hearts toward me. Amen. Kids don't vote their parents in. When they're six or seven, they might. When they're 16 or 17, teenagers, right? You may not necessarily vote for them. You don't see voting in scripture. Um, so, uh, we have a translocal team because God can join like-minded men and women together to pool resources, to pool teaching, to uh, have equipping strategies, finances, training times, publications, worshiping together, dialogue, iron sharpens iron, bounce ideas off of each other, team up from time to time. So Paul team, teamed up with Timothy and Barnabas teamed up with John Mark and then John Mark went with Titus and that's all we see all through the New Testament is local churches led by their own eldership teams having outside connection with the team. So today we're here for two things. One is we are here to um, set in elders. Uh, we're ordaining Ryan today as an elder. So the word elder and pastor and shepherd and bishop and overseer in the New Testament in the Greek, it's all the same word. A lot of times we like to structure things and make things uh, like, like a flow chart. So we're ordaining Ryan as an elder. And we're doing a second thing. We're setting in Ryan and Shannon as a couple uh, to serve on the eldership team here at Hope Rock. So this is a tough one. Um, Ryan is the elder. We'll be in a few minutes. You s the, these guys still haven't, you know, like this yet. <laughs> still some time here. They want Ryan and Shannon to sweat a little bit, but Ryan's the elder, but together they elder. If they're one, God has joined the two together one, they're one. And uh, so when Ryan speaks, he's representing Ryan and Shannon. When Shannon speaks, she's, re I'm, I'm talking about, you know, foundational things. Shannon's speaking as one with Ryan. So Ryan will be the pastor. What are the pastors here? But together they pastor. And so that's what we see in scripture. So here's what we mean by elders. These are the guys being ordained. Elders are biblically qualified men joined together as teams serving a local church 
who are called by God, recognized by the Ephesians 4 ministry team, the other elders, and the congregation as biblically qualified, gifted, and equipped for the function and purpose of fulfilling the governmental role of overseers and shepherds. Okay, you all have to memorize that. So, that's what an elder is. They're not a board. They're not voted in. It's not a promotion. It's a calling. And they're not perfect. They're, by the grace of God, going to serve him uh, to their best. What do we mean by eldership? Not elders, but eldership. Eldership is the team of elders, including their wives, serving as shepherds and examples to the local church. They are the senior leadership and pastoral team of the church. All right? So that's the eldership. When you hear eldership, that's the the guys and the uh, girls as a team. Uh, The guys are charged with eldership. It's slightly different. They're charged with the the discipline uh, and the government of of the church. Uh, It's not a clique. The eldership team is not a clique. They're not more important than anybody. Uh, It's not an easy task. I implore you to pray for them. Uh, Husbands and wives must run together. Uh, They must have healthy, not perfect, healthy marriages and families, and they're they need to be joy-filled and in unity with one another. So here's the eldership job description, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 3. Shepherd the flock of God. We hear this uh, from Peter. He said, I exhort the elders among you. The word is elders. That's presbyteros. As a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd, sometimes uh, elders or pastors are, are uh, viewed as shepherds. Shepherd, that Greek word is poimen, and it's translated to be a shepherd or to be a pastor. Uh, the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. That Greek word is episkopos or episkopeo, noun and verb, which means to oversee or to administrate the, uh, the affairs of the, of the entire household. Uh, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain. That's not for money, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples. How do they lead? By being an example. They lead from the front, not from driving from behind. All right, so the word presbyteros uh, means elder. It means mature one. The word poimeno or poimeneo uh, is to, to shepherd or to be a shepherd. And the word episcopo or episcopeo means to oversee or to be a overseer. So who are they? They're the elders. They're the mature ones. What do they do? They oversee all the church. And how do they do it? They do it with a shepherd's heart. Where Ezekiel and some of the Old Testament prophets say, the shepherd gently leads those that are with young. Come on, Fluffy, let's go. Let's go. The whole flock has to get here. And that's this job description of an elder. So elder, we see in scripture, equals pastor, shepherd, overseer, and bishop. By the way, in the home, mom and dad, that's your job description too. Who are they? The mature ones. Right? The mature ones, what do they do? They oversee the entire household and its affairs as a team. How do they do it with the shepherd's heart? If it's working in the home, some of those people are called to help make it work in the church. Uh, let me read a few scriptures about elders. Uh, job description and your responsibilities as well. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. 
and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the advice of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, uh, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty or quick in laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders who first taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and trust the Lord as they do. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, now we ask you, brothers, who respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, who admonish you, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. What? Paul didn't know that this letter was going to make it around the world and make its way to America. Mm. (laughs) Americans don't like to be told what to do. And Texas is America on steroids. (laughs) It just is. And anything west of Austin is West Texas, so... You're about five miles west of Austin, right? We're called to obey your leaders. Wow, that's a big deal. If they say, hey, this is the direction the church is going and you're part of this church, we do it. That's what God's called us to. So here's, here's the thing that scared me to death when I was leading an elder at my local church. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Every single person who was in my church, part of my church, I will have to stand before God and give an account for them. What did you do with those precious sheep that I gave you? Parents, you're gonna have to stand before God and give an account. What did you do with those precious sheep that I gave you? Wow, that's sobering. So at the same time you're called to obey, elders are called to give an account. You don't have to give an account for the elders. They have to give an account for you. Wow, That's a, it's a big deal. This is a big deal, it's a big responsibility. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So we also have Psalm 23, Isaiah 62, John 10, and Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34 is woe to the shepherds one. So taking that, extrapolating, I used to be a teacher. When, this is what the church body can expect from their eldership team, all right? So Ryan and, Ryan and Shannon, listen carefully, because you're committing to this in just a minute before Almighty God and these people in just a couple minutes. In those verses that I just read, they're gonna labor. They're gonna work hard. It's not easy, they're gonna work hard. They're committing to give oversight into all the church and and its affairs, to give instruction, to challenge you with truth sometimes, to to rule well, to preach and teach, to to lead the people into uh, uh, what God's called them to do and calls to action. And the, the elders are called to lead, lead the congregation in worship, be examples in, in authentic, uh, joy-filled, worship-filled 
uh, a singing and, and worship. Uh, they are called to lead by example from the front. Follow me as I follow Christ. They are called to, to um, hear from God corporately for the church. And then, and then they, it's, it's uh, uh, disseminated out to the congregation and you're called to hold on to that and say, yes, this is what God is saying. We're all in. And then um, they're called to guard the gates just the little thing that Marco said about if you have a word come up to the elders, that's guarding the gates. That's to make sure no weirdo comes up here with a microphone and starts telling all kinds of crazy stuff that they have to undo. They're guarding the gates or something that is, is, is error or, or, or not true, untruth. They're guarding the gates. Uh, just like you watch your, what your kids watch when they're little uh, and, and guard the gates. Uh, you can, and, and, and like a shepherd lays down their life at the front of the caves uh, to keep the lions and the wolves out. This is the, you could expect that the elders will do these things, literally, watching day and night. Watchmen on the wall. And so, but those verses also had this. This is the congregation's responsibility. And so listen carefully, because if you're part of this church, you're going to commit to this in a couple minutes as well. So you're to consider them. And if you've gone through the DNA course, you've already considered, it says, yes, this is where God has called us. You've already considered them and said, yes, this is the eldership team. We're following them. If you're thinking about uh, uh, Hope Rock, this is the place to be. I'm telling you, this is a safe place. The word of God is preached here without compromise. And the presence of God is here in abundance. And this is a family that you can be safe in. This is, this is, if you're looking for a church home and that's what you're looking for, this is, this is that place. So you're called to consider them uh, before you make that decision to say, yes, we're part of Hope Rock. You're called to obey them. And this is the result, this obedience is because you're confident in their leadership. If you weren't confident in their leadership, you probably wouldn't be here. Uh, you're called to submit to them uh, as their, their guardian function and... Uh, you're called to remember them in prayer and to speak well of them and to support them and don't pass on any accusations uh, and so forth. You're called to honor them. And, and part of that honor is in, is in wages and the, the elders that are on staff here to, to get um, their, their salary and so forth. Uh, you're called to refresh, to bring refreshment to them in friendship and, and resourcing and sharing the load and and having good memories and laughter together and family stuff. They're not all of a sudden like walking 12 inches off the ground because they're holier than thou. They're part of the family. Remember them, don't abandon them. So, and you're called to imitate their faith. Not blind faith, but imitate their faith. Um, so, Ryan and, and Shannon, come up here Woo! right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them stand up here alone uh, just for a minute and then I'm gonna have other people. You guys could come on up if you want. Stand by your mom and dad. If God calls Ryan, he calls Ryan and Shannon. Uh, if he calls Ryan and Shannon, he calls the whole family. 
and he'll give them the grace for it. If God has not given you the grace for it, don't ever pursue this. God might have called, given you the grace for business or for education or for medicine, all kinds, of, all kinds of things, all right? So here's, just once again, here's what you're committing to as an elder, the governmental fu function, and together as an eldership team on the pastoral and, and caring function of the eldership. So you're uh, charged with sweating, work, mm -hmm. labor. It's not gonna be easy. You're charged with oversight, to have a keen sense, not just of one little area, but the whole church and its affairs. You're charged to give instruction and to challenge and sometimes rebuke and, and share, the, share the truth and not hold anything back, but because you desire their highest. You're charged to rule well. Like, I'm so glad that it doesn't say those who rule averagely, <laughs> averagely, you know? No, they have to rule well. And, and you're charged to teach and to preach and to lead the people into the promises of God and, and to be, lead them by example. Uh, you're called to hear from God on behalf of the church. Does that mean they don't hear from God? No, of course they hear from God. But the elders are called corporately. This is, this is the direction. And they blow the trumpet and say, this is what God is doing. You're charged to be part of it. It's a big responsibility. Uh, you're charged... Uh, to guard the gates and to watch with no rest and to keep, yeah, even 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and so forth. Uh, you're charged to intercede and to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, all these things. You're charged to lay down your life. So if you want to, I'm going to ask you a question, and here's the answer. I'll tell you the answer, all right? By the grace of God, yes. How's that? Yes. Okay. Do you accept these responsibilities and, and uh, covenant before the congregation that you will do the, the um, elder function and, and serve them in that capacity? By the grace of God, yes. All right. Together as a couple, do you covenant together to love and care for these people? Yes. By the grace of God, yes. <laughs> All right. Good job. All right. So stay here. If you've gone through the um, Hope Rock DNA class and this is your church, this is your home church, would you please stand? All right. I'm going to ask you the same questions that I just talked about a couple minutes ago. So congregation... Will you, by the grace of God, consider them, follow their example, submit to their authority, remember them in prayer, and speaking well of them, and esteeming them highly? Will you uh, commit to honoring them, and to bring refreshment to them, to pray for them, to uh, share the load, to share good memories and laughter together, to imitate their faith, not blind faith, but imitate their faith. Um, and, and do you commit that before God? And here's your answer as well. By his grace, yes. Do you commit before God to do this? By his grace, yes. All right, good job. All right, I'm gonna ask the other elders and wives to come on up while we pray for them.
And if you're part of the church or any, anybody who would like to just pray, just extend your hand out for a blessing for them. And um, does anybody have a word before we pray? Like, did you have a word prepared? I didn't ask you ahead of time, but. Okay. Sure. We'll have to get a mic real fast. When we first moved to Austin, uh, I was praying for just the church in general, not this church because we weren't leading this church then. And the Lord gave me a picture of a house that was being reframed, uh, literally in my backyard. It was a house being framed. So the Lord didn't give me, I mean, I saw it in my eyes. But in that moment, I felt like the Lord was saying that, you know, when you frame a house, it starts with a structure and you build onto it. And I felt like Lord, the Lord was saying that he is reframing his church. And so he started to remove the panels in the picture in my mind. And so the house that was complete now went right back down to the foundations and the laying of the foundations, only so it could be rebuilt again. Not in man's image or man's likeness, but in the model that God wanted to build the church in, right? And so he felt, I felt that we were called to be a part of that. And as I was praying for Ryan and Shannon and have been praying for them, and even when they first moved here, I felt like the Lord was reinforcing that picture. Every time I prayed for them, I, I saw that picture. Uh, and, and that happened, you know, essentially uh, with all the team that God's raised up around us. And God is reframing his church. And so what I wanted to say to them as a couple is that I believe God has brought you as a stabilizing force to the church. And so we honor that gifting and we honor your capacity. And, 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 and it hasn't been an easy road for you. Coming all the way from South Africa here, it's been tough. You've been through some stuff. But you guys have a foundation in you, which is Christ, that this church desperately will benefit from and needs. All right. So uh, Ryan and Shannon are big capacity. They've they've been on eldership. They're on the on the New Covenant Ministries International team. Around the world, they're legends in the local church here. They're Ryan and Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just want to tell you that. And so, Father, we thank you uh, that you've called Ryan and Shannon uh, for this purpose for this time. And Ryan, um, in Jesus' name. I lay my hands on you and set you apart for caring, for eldering, for shepherding, for overseeing uh, the governmental function of an elder in this church and on this team. And it's a solemn thing before Almighty God. And we receive you. We receive you as an elder in this church. Ryan and Shannon, pray for you both. In Jesus' name, that God will strengthen you, that he'll give you the grace, the joy for, for the boys as well. God, that he'll protect your family and lead you into this new season of your life. Uh, may it be with the joy of the Lord with many great memories, with laughter, yes. and many lives changed. Much fruitfulness uh, will come from you. Thank you, Lord. We receive them yes. and, and, and joyfully uh, celebrate them today. Yes. In your name we pray. Yes. Amen. 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 Let's give them a big clap. Amen. You're welcome. <laughs> Here you go. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, love. Oh, I love you too, my babe. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was giving me those flowers. 
So it is a bit late. Uh, we're going to dismiss the service at this point. Thank you guys for being a part of this. What we really got to witness here was something powerful. Uh, and there is something to say about the impartation that God does when somebody lays hands on someone. And so uh, I really believe that we've all witnessed something. I hope you guys have a better understanding of what it is, what we do and why we do it. Thank you, Steve, for blessing us with your time and for doing this. And please send Terry our love. Tell her we definitely missed her because she helps you stay on track too. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you guys are awesome. Have a great Sunday. Please don't rush off. Hang around. Speak to Ryan and Shannon. Give them a high five. Go outside. Please have coffee and tea. And don't forget, next weekend is RT Kendall Saturday and Sunday morning. And let's consider this week all that Steve has said. You know, if you have any questions and visited us, and this is all new to you, and you thought, wow, this is a different way of doing things, man, we'd love to hear what questions you have and we'd love to answer them. But we appreciate everyone that was here today. Have a great Sunday. And you are dismissed. Amen. <laughs>